welcome to In the Nest Breakdown, your breakdown of everything sports, from the New England Patriots to BC hockey to everything in between. I'm Vanessa, and thank you so, so much for listening. Today, we have a very special guest on our episode, BC alum and former New England Patriot, Mike Ruth. I had the pleasure of sitting down and interviewing with him, as he is truly one of the most selfless and nicest men I've ever talked to. All right, so thank you, Mr. Ruth, so much for coming on the show, on the podcast. <laughs> oh, this is a pleasure, I, and especially because of you. Uh, one of the most remarkable young people I've met in, in many a year, almost forever. Thank you. So to start off um, the show, or I guess the episode, in for lack of better terms, I wanted to start off with why in the beginning you chose to play football. Why pick that sport? Why continue with it even all the way to the NFL through college? Oh, it was a, it was a, a crazy reason, not one of many would expect. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like people picking on, on other people. And uh, you know, the, the kind of bullies in Philly where, where I grew up, a lot of people mm-hmm. were playing football. I figured I would go out and prove that they weren't that tough and uh, to stop that. And from a silly little simple thing like that, it ended up with a wonderful career, a tremendous education and opportunities all over the place. Yeah. So in addition to that question, I thought I'd ask with that is why BC then with, you know, um, as many schools coming to see you play, trying to get you on their team, why choose BC out of all of them? Let me go back also and say, because uh, the two are going to come together. Okay. You know, I thought there was no better place than a football field to get rid of all the nonsense, okay? Because there's always a film being taken, and you can't exaggerate anything you do. So if you either did really well or you didn't, and you're going to watch the film that night. So I love that aspect of it. And you could really prove a point that you could be a good person you know, back then they, they made fun of, you know, Christians and priests and rabbis on the TV and sitcoms were always these namby-pamby, wimpy people. And so it developed into proving that you could actually believe in God and not be that. You could actually be a pretty darn tough son of a gun. And that led to really two choices. I was flattered to get a lot of offers. I took a visit at the University of Arizona. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, dune buggies in the desert, old west town. Oh, man, I'm going here. My trip to B.C. was a six-pack of Coke, mm-hmm. a grizzly cold, overcast day, driving around saying, we'll see that building. Yes, it's a really great library, but it's closed. That's a great research building, but that one's closed. <laughs> here's the eagle, here's the stadium, here's a six-pack, and uh, I hope you hope you go here. And it was probably the worst visit. Of, of everyone wow. I and um, I had a, a mom who was an invalid and she was uh, you know when you have to give your mom a bath at age you know 15 it's it's a disgusting business you know it's it's not yeah, absolutely very good. and uh, so I had to make sure if I was going to make these arrangements that someone was there for her which thankfully worked out well and I had to graduate, and there was no miss here. And I called up the University of Arizona, and I said, okay, guys, I just want to double check. What's your graduation rate? 
They said, well, you know, we worked really hard to try to get the kids to go. Okay, fine. What is the actual number? Well, we've added a, a bunch of guys. What's the number? 34%. Wow. If you, if you played for four years, you had a 34 to 36% chance of graduating. So I called up BC, said, what is uh, your graduation rate? He said, if you participate in one freshman practice, you got a 93% chance of graduating. <laughs> Done. Uh, and uh, never regretted it, never looked back. So obviously your time at BC was filled with historic moments. I mean, coming out of BC with the Outland Trophy as the best linesman, basically. That, that, that particular year was actually given to the most handsome lineman. <laughs> my story, I'm sticking to it. Well, it was a Walt Disney movie. A Walt Disney movie. Uh, not, not one of us you know, got the big USC or Notre Dame offers. Mm-hmm. Um, 22 overachievers. Uh, we got to BC and we were walk, walking around, and this is true. We felt guilty uh, to be seeing all these buildings and all this opportunity. We had to do something special or we'd be in trouble with God. We would have just wasted something that was a gift. That is a common understanding. Uh, Doug Flutie, same, me, core group, 10, 11 other guys, mm-hmm. and shared throughout this whole nucleus um, I think before that year, they had 2,500 applications for, for BC. By the mm-hmm. time graduated 18,000, 2,000 spots. Yeah. Uh, it was magic. And the people that went there, they felt privileged. You know, they didn't ask for privilege. We felt privileged. And I think that was the biggest thing that made almost magical things happen, that <laughs> We felt it was a privilege and honor, and we had one hell of a responsibility. We're going to get all this stuff for free. We better do something spectacular. We thought that as a group. And then ultimately, I mean, all the games in that era were incredible, especially, oh. obviously, like, like you mentioned, with Doug Flutie. Well, picture, we were at that time everybody's St. Mary's School for the Blind game. We were the team that people put on their schedule to have an easy game, you know, an Mm -hmm. easy opening game. And I remember three months earlier, I was a high school senior at a Philly. Mm -hmm. Three months later, before the first class started, I'm in Death Valley playing the defending national champs, Clemson. (laughs) And I haven't even got to my first class because it was the season started early. And I'm like, this is amazing. No. Um, so with the prospect of BC being potentially in the top 25 next next year, this season, um, I guess I wanted to ask, what do you see that is similar to today's team with your team in the past? This, this new coach plays a defense that is very similar, you know, to what, to what we use. The techniques are very similar. I mean, this is all-man football here, okay? It's very difficult to have, you know, a, a second and third team that's going to match, um, you know, your, your big SEC schools. The academics are very hard. 
you know, the weather is not palm trees. But if you come to BC and you're going to play football, you better be one tough son of a gun. I mean, we used to watch how well the team did the following game after they played us. Because even though they had a ton of talent, boy, did we, they were, if we didn't win, they were, they were walking with a limp after the game. Uh, he plays that same style. That'll fit very well in with BC. John Bosley, you know, was out there at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, that's John Bosley's son. Uh, yep. And he was basically doing the things we did in the 80s mm-hmm. that nobody else really does. I mean, they look similar, but there's so much little nuance to things. I think he's a great shot. I really do. Yeah. I mean, the like Bosa me. brothers are incredible. <laughs> and, I, and I like uh, I like his strength coach. The little, little bit that I've seen, I think that, that's mm-hmm. going to be a good thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I personally, after seeing this season, feel like we're on the cusp of something, I think, great when it comes to football. And I think it's really bringing the um, culture that was there in the Doug Flutie era back to BC, which is incredible to see. Funny, funny you say that, because I'm looking at a team that plays the game similar to the game that we played in the 80s. You know, the thinking of <laughs> Fairly similar to philosophy, the strategy. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, would would there be any sort of piece of advice you'd give to student athletes today, whether in the football program or even just students here at BC today? You know, I, I would say, as best as you can, and try to get try to get over yourself a little bit. Uh, it, it's a privilege to be there. Uh, and nobody owes you anything. Uh, you you got a chance to do something great. I mean, really fantastic. And if, if what you're doing is squarely focused on meaning and purpose, that would be my advice. Because you can make all the money in the world. And believe me, I'm not against this. <laughs> I would love to make all the money in the world. Uh, but at the end of the day, nobody gets out of this life alive. So you better hope that what you spent all your time doing had very deep meaning, had a very strong purpose. You did it your very best, and you did it understanding that this is temporary. Okay, Your, your soul, your consciousness, whatever your generation calls it today, <laughs> uh, that goes on forever. Okay, So within 100 years, Almost everybody here now is not going to be here. So use this time to do something very important, great meaning, and and have a really strong purpose. Thank you so, so much. Um, And I guess one of my last few questions for you was, I think, maybe a a pretty fun question to ask. Um, So I was wondering what your favorite moment at BC was. It could be on the field, could be off, but... Where that moment is, is up to you. <laughs> my, my, from where I was coming from, my favorite moment was when I went up to the cafeteria and I got my lunch. Mm-hmm. And I could go back up and do it again. <laughs> and again. And again, I thought that was the most fantastic thing 
in the entire world. That was like, wow, my lucky. And and playing football was really the the camaraderie of the guys. You know, as a defensive player, when you have a Doug Flutie on your team and a Troy Stratford and a Giesel and all those guys, fellows, Kenny Bells, and and you name it, you know, you don't put 22 people into the NFL for a year or more from a Boston College team, from one Cotton Bowl team, 22 of those players going to play for a year or more. That camaraderie, being around that type of person, that group, that was the best of everything. Best of everything. Game-wise, you know, you had your fun times, you had your great times, but it was really the camaraderie getting to that game, you know, and and seeing that constant improvement. That's what I love. That's awesome. I I mean – Yes, it does. I mean, I can't personally say from any experience being on a football team what that camaraderie must be like, but I definitely can only imagine. Picture Alabama, right? Mm -hmm. That's a tremendous program. Clemson, a tremendous program. Yes. (laughs) We're going down to play them. All right. And I remember the coach one time saying, you know, I'm not afraid to say they're going to be faster. I'm not afraid to say they might be better athletes. Well, I'm not even afraid to say they might have better coaches. But we're going to have to go down there and knock the living bejesus out of them. And if we do that for every three seconds of a play, you're going to be proud of yourself. And you have a whole team of people going down with that purpose. You know, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about it was we're going to do something that we're going to be proud of and we're going to do it as hard and as physical and as tough and as smart as we possibly can and we'd rather die before we did something less than that that's that's a feeling that just you're part of that it's electric that's incredible Is there any way you could speak upon how the league you think has changed either for the better or for the worst? I mean, it could be anything today. I think some things have gotten better. I think, uh, you know, back then it was almost a little too physical uh, in a way that I don't think was, was really helpful. You know, like I, I coach kids today and, you know, I played with a broken finger. I can't tell you how much pain that cost. Um, if you just imagine, and, and you're working your hand what, 50, 60 times a day, a day, I mean, a play, you know, it's, you know, maybe that was taking it a little far. Uh, I think cutting back on some of the hitting, I mean, we, we had two practices a day. We hit for, you know, an hour of practice. So that's two hours a day. You know, cutting back a little on that, I think it's been an improvement. Um, really focusing on, you know, you're really actually going to have to get the grades. Mm-hmm. I think that's helped nationally. It was always that way at BC. Um, those, I think, are the positives. The negatives mm-hmm. um, were the very thing that had to be toned down a little bit. Now it's maybe too toned down. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, uh, you have kids that might, you know, complain about a, a bump or a scrape or, you know, it's too hot. 
and um, there's a lot where they they seem privileged, you know, to be. And you're you're talking to this young kid, and they haven't stopped making human beings any different than they did in the 1900s and the 1980s. 18-year-olds in the 40s were storming Normandy Beach okay, with yeah. machine guns and, and trying to kick Nazi Germany off of Europe. So, you know, that is the level that, you, you know, you, you want to expect and strive to mature too. You don't want to be, you know, 18 or 19 and thinking everybody owes you a living. And, and because it's not good for you. I'm not saying it because, you know, it's, it's uh, 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 I don't know, a bad mindset or I have an opinion against it. I'm not saying it for that reason. It's bad for you to go into something that you're going to work so hard at. Mm-hmm. I feel like people owe you. No. No, you, you kind of owe them. And by shifting that focus a little bit, that's probably what I'd say it needs to happen more today. Mm-hmm. And if you can shift that a little more, you're you're actually gonna be the one that benefits. It's like when you're doing something important for someone you care about or something you care about, you work much harder at it, much more focused. When you're going to a, a party that's supposed to be in your honor, you know, and you're just privileged, and your work's not gonna be that good. That make any sense? Yes, it does. And with that, I guess it's a perfect um, transition into my final question for you, which was, how did sports on the field transfer into what you're doing today? Everything. You know, everything. Everything, uh, just about everything I just said would be the the literal translation. Uh, you know, you get out in the real world, you have a big family with six kids. There's a thousand things that go on. Some of them are, are really challenging. They're really hard. They're really difficult. You're not going to walk away from them, and you're not going to quit. And that, that means something much different to an athlete. You know, for an athlete to say he's not going to quit means if I still have a breath left in my body, I'm not quitting. And I don't think things would have turned out for my kids the way that they have, you know, had that not been ingrained. Um, I think athletics teaches you to be very attentive to detail. You know, there's more work that we would put in to play an opponent on Saturday. And many businesses, uh, you know, even attempt. You know, a lot of businesses will pick the low-hanging fruit. Um, we had to be a little better than that. I think it teaches you to be, be better, be that better, mm-hmm. and not to be afraid. You know, fear stops so many people from doing things, and it's, it's a shame because, hey, guess what? You're going to get knocked down. You could train your very best, and, and, and sometimes you're going to lose. So... That's going to happen. So don't be afraid to try. And just know that in the beginning. But keep trying a lot, and especially when you're young. Keep doing things. Keep taking risks. Don't be afraid. Don't hang back. You have your youth behind you. Go uh, do it again. Uh, that, that's a big thing. 
Yeah, that made strong people. Thank you again so much for coming on this podcast and taking the time out of your day to be here. I truly, truly appreciate it. You're one of the best. (laughs) Thank you. Make sure you get good grades. I will try my best. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I had to say that once. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you, Miss Ruth, once again for joining us today. I hope you all enjoyed for those who are listening and tune in for our next episode.